This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. This is, this is your brother Sheikh Khalid Yassin speaking to you from my Facebook live platform. Uh, this is... This is your brother Sheikh Khalid Yassin speaking to you from my Facebook live platform. Uh, this is Khalid Yassin official Facebook page. And uh, this short message is to remove um, the doubt from the doubters uh, and also to um, remove the conjecture from the conjecturers uh, and to clarify uh, to those who are listening that this is a live stream from my Facebook page. So from today, uh, no one will be able to say or have you know, any conjecture, is this Sheikh Khalid Yassin's Facebook page or not? Now, as for those of you who have suggested to me that I register or certify my Facebook page uh, so that um, you would feel comfortable as to whether or not this is my authentic page or not, my answer to you is this. I have been interacting, transmitting messages, lectures, and advices on Facebook since it came into existence. I have been using Facebook for at least five, maybe seven years two years before I really understood the power of Facebook. But for at least five years, using it systematically. In the course of those five years of using social media, the Purpose of Life Foundation, with the help of the Purpose of Life Foundation and colleagues in different places in the world, we have managed to develop a social media footprint of nearly 3 million viewers. They could be supporters, uh, they could be enthusiasts, they could be students, they could be friends, they could be family, they could be haters or dissidents. Nevertheless, we have been broadcasting on social media, one or more of the social media platforms for over five years. And we have developed a platform of nearly three million persons. Now those three million persons who respond to my voice or respond to my writing or respond to my nasiha or my messages, they have no doubt that this is my page. And these are the people that I am addressing. As for those who are novice, that is, they have just newly arrived. We don't have an established relationship. You don't know my message. You're not familiar with my brand. That's not my fault. And I don't need to certify myself for your comfort. Uh, that's not the way it works. Now as for Facebook, I'm not broadcasting on Facebook because of its integrity. For surely, there are Facebook pages that have been shut down because of external pressures from governments and agencies and simply because it's not a message that Facebook wanted or that it fits their 
the interests of the Facebook administrators. So I'm not on Facebook because of the integrity of Facebook. I'm on Facebook because it is a powerful, dynamic, consistent, accessible, virtual platform. Now those are the reasons I'm here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the Quran that we should use whatever it is that he has provided for us. So Facebook has been provided. It is one of the most powerful platforms in the world for virtual communication. It is possible using Facebook to reach one million people in a day. One million. It is possible. For myself, I regularly reach 50 to 100,000 people a day. It is uh, very common for me to reach 50 to 100,000 people a day without boosting. You know, that means without paying Facebook to boost the signal because that's in their control. Facebook can control how far your signal goes because that's how they make money. That's how they get their revenue. So I don't contribute to their revenue stream by boosting because if I did, it is possible that I could reach 150 to 200,000 people each time that I broadcast. That's not my aim. I'm not trying to be popular. I don't ask you to share. I don't ask you to like. I don't even ask you to listen. It's up to you. This is my page. It's my platform. These are my views and I'm responsible for those views. And one of the uh, programs that I do on this platform is called Sky Views. Now, Sky Views are my views, and everybody who listens to Sky Views understands that those are my views. I take full responsibility for disseminating my views. But for the people who know me well, they know that I do not talk sporadically. I don't chat. I do something called purposeful communication. There has to be a reason. There has to be a theme. There has to be a subject. There has to be some kind of methodology. The other thing is I do not talk without writing. Unless I'm talking something very necessary like I'm doing this morning. Usually I research a topic. I collect my research into a writing, a document. After I document my research, it could be two pages, it could be three pages, it could be seven pages. Then after that, I deliver it in the form of a nasiha or wa'av in the Arabic language. Very seldom do I speak on social media without reading from a script. And anybody who knows me knows that that's one of my habits. Whether from the mimbar or in a university or on Facebook, I am reading from a script because that is what I feel comfortable doing. Because when you read from a script that you have researched, you will find that there are less regrets. Having said that, I appreciate very much all the well wishes, the very nice compliments, the messages of encouragement, 
the loyalty, the support, the moral support from so many people all over the world. I appreciate it. I'm very grateful. And you are the people that keep me uh, inspired, uh, that keep me connected and motivated to continue this work. And as regard to my work, it didn't start with Facebook. I started this work approximately 1979. Approximately 1979 is when I formally began my public lectures, about 1979. So I think that's like close to 40 years ago. And in that course of time, I have traveled by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to close to 97 countries. So there are very few countries in the world, popular countries in the world, that I have not spent at least a small amount of time in met the people, ate the food, walked the earth, breathed the air, shared their culture, their history, their ideas, and communicated and interacted with some of its people. This has been the greatest source of my education. I didn't gain my education or my familiarity with the world or my perspectives inside of a classroom or inside of the environment of a university. Other people, other people have gained their experience through academic exposure, and that's great. That's wonderful. And we commend them for that. And that is one way to gain exposure, familiarity, and education. That's not the way it came to me. Bifadlillah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I gained it from empirical experience. That's what they call it. Empirical experience. And when I'm speaking on subjects, I don't speak on subjects like a scholar. Uh, you don't see me talking in front of a, uh, a library of two or three hundred books in Arabic with gold writing, you know, to give people the impression, you know, that um, I am a scholar and I'm sitting in an academic environment and um, sort of like if I'm sitting in front of uh, two or three hundred books it may suggest that I'm familiar with those books or these are my books. You know, it sort of like enhances, you know, the, um, the brand. Well, you don't see me doing that. I don't need my brand or my message or my personality to be enhanced, you know, by lecturing in libraries or in front of uh, gold engraved books uh, that's uh, that's a recent phenomena and um, I don't take too much to recent phenomena to enhance my brand or the authenticity of what I have to say now those who do that doesn't mean that they're insincere that's just what they do because they have seen other scholars, students of knowledge, you know, intellectual people. They have seen them do that and they've been impressed by that and that's what they choose to do. In most cases, I like a simple setting where you are not distracted. So I talk in my home. I talk from my office. Sometimes if I'm on the road, I'm talking from a hotel room, a hotel lobby. 
if I find a quiet place, sometime I'm on the outside. If I'm in my mother's home, I go to her living room, and if I want to broadcast, she goes in her bedroom, she allows me to do that, and I broadcast from my mother's living room. Simple settings. Because it's not the setting. It's not the props. It's the message. Having said that, there's a phenomenon with Facebook. The first thing is that on Facebook, everyone feels compelled to start commenting even before you have delivered your message. This is, this is Facebook. <laughs> People want to comment long before you even finish your message. It's common to start broadcasting and within a minute, people start commenting. Now, some of the comments are just, how are you, Sheikh? How are you feeling today? May Allah bless you. Thank you so very much. And I understand that. What I would suggest to my brothers and sisters, and I'm just suggesting this to you as an OG, you know, not as an intellectual. I'm just like a, as a, as an older generation person, as a senior Muslim activist, I'm advising you that when you go to Facebook and there's a live stream, take your time. Take out a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen. This is like old school. Get a pencil, a pen, and a piece of paper. And listen, the same as you would do if you were in a classroom. Listen while learning. And when there comes a word or a statement or some, something that you just don't understand or necessarily agree with, take a note. And later on, when you want to make a comment, refer to those notes. Because, you know, everybody has two eyes. That is most people, even if they're blind, they still got two eyes. You know, you still have um, uh, two orifices in your nose and you have a mouth and you got two ears. So everybody's given that. So it doesn't take much you know, for people to breathe or to hear or to see or to talk. Doesn't take much. But it does take a lot to be disciplined. To listen. To reflect. To be sincere. To be reserved. To take notes. And then after taking those notes, to ask intelligent, relevant questions. That takes some effort. So I'm just advising the brothers and sisters that. Now, when DVDs first came out, you know, the DVD phenomena, many of you can remember that. Some of you who are like 20 years old, you know, 30 years old, maybe you don't even remember. Because the DVD phenomena in the Western world died about 10 years ago. You know, in Africa and in Asia and some places in the Arab world, you know, uh, the Far East, they're still using DVDs. Because the technology, perhaps, many of the people in those part, uh, parts of uh, that part of the world, uh, the technology has not reached them. Therefore, they're still using DVDs. Well, when the DVD phenomena was being used all over the world, from about 1990 until approximately 
2010, I made more than 150 DVD lectures, which are now on YouTube. They're not, they're not on YouTube because I placed them on YouTube. They're on YouTube because other people uploaded them to YouTube. And they're on, and people were able to upload them to YouTube because they downloaded it from pirate sources. Now you can call them torrent, pirate, um, black market, illegal. You can call it all different types of names, but they were not legal. I never gave anybody that permission to do that. And I'm grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that people from all over the world became familiar with my lectures through these DVDs. However, they did not become familiar with these DVDs through support of my ministry, if you want to call it that. You know, because it is one thing. It is one thing uh, for someone to be supportive of someone's ministry, and it's another thing for someone to be a beneficiary of something that they did not pay for. Those are two different things. Now, what you learn is what you learn. Whether you paid for it or you didn't, still, you learned it. So, I have learned to be grateful for those who may have benefited from something that I have done. Some thinking, some writing, some speaking, some presentations. I'm very grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but that does not remove the responsibility. That does not remove the damage. And that does not remove uh, the fact, or that doesn't change the fact uh, that my intellectual properties were stolen. That's, that's probably the best word to use. Now, those who downloaded them with sincerity, uh, I'm not calling you a thief. I'm not saying that. Perhaps you just didn't know and you didn't ask. But there were those who knew very well what they were doing. They were engaged in the black market, the illegal um, copying, violation of international copyrights. They were engaged in bypassing that. Um, some people call it um, jailbreaking. Yeah, that's what they call it. That's the that's the um, the industry terminology. You know, when you when you uh, when you steal something that doesn't belong to you, when you violate a copyright, you know, when you secure and download something that doesn't belong to you, it's called jailbreaking. That's what people call it. You know, jailbreaking. That means that something that you could go to jail for, you don't go to jail for. You know, you break out of jail. That means you get out of jail. You bypass going to jail. You, but Allah is Samir Alim. So at the end of the day, or life, when things are measured out, those who stole, jail broke, pirated, or whatever, and knew what they were doing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold you account. I will not. Because when someone... You know, if I recite an ayah of Qur'an that doesn't belong to me, if I give a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that doesn't belong to me, if I quote something from the seerah, or if I quote something from uh, some scholar of Islam or some Islamic source, that doesn't belong to me. That's a source that I am quoting. However, my research took time. My writing took time. My verbal audio delivery, it took time. 
My travel took time away from my family. It took time and energy from my body and my life. This is called intellectual investment. And that intellectual investment culminates in the form of intellectual property. And everyone that invests intellectual property, in, uh, invests into the development of intellectual property, has the same rights to that property as somebody that buys a house or buys a car. The same rights. It belongs to me. You cannot just claim it because it happens to be on YouTube. You cannot just claim it. You know, if you want to watch movies today, you can either purchase uh, a, an account with Netflix or one of those types of companies and pay for what you view or you can jailbreak it. That means bypass it. And most people opt to jailbreak because they just don't want to pay. That's just the nature of human beings. And that's why I say that the greatest liability of Facebook is not uh, the fact that um, um, uh, Facebook, first of all, is not an ethical uh, entity. I'm not on Facebook because Facebook is so ethical. I'm on Facebook because it is consistent. It is dynamic. It is powerful. It is accessible. And it is technologically reliable. But it has nothing to do with ethics. I've said that before. And one of the greatest liabilities of Facebook is that it's free. Because if it wasn't free, so many of the people who criticize, so many of the people that have their opinions, so many people who have their long um, religious commentaries, so many of the people who uh, find it uh, so um, uh, opportun uh, uh, such an opportunistic, uh, who take advantage of the opportunity to come to a popular page and, you know, get exposure. If it was free, they wouldn't be there because they would not have paid. That's one of the downsizes of Facebook that is free. And as soon as Facebook announced or hinted that they may start charging people, then all of a sudden it became diabolical. You know, this is how people they are. They use Facebook free. They didn't pay for the technology. No one asked them to. They did it willfully and they enjoyed it and they benefited from it. But as soon as someone on Facebook hinted that they might charge for it, all of a sudden Facebook, you know, became a culprit. You know, Facebook was designed from the very beginning uh, to snatch your information to codify your information, to package your information, and to sell it to people who are in the marketing industry. From the beginning, everybody knew that. You have to know that when you get on Facebook and social media, you know, you have to understand that the technology is designed to capture your information to package that information, to manipulate that information, and to exploit you for that information to take maximum opportunity to exploit that information for their interests. You have to know that. And if you're not, if you didn't know that, then you're just naive. You're just naive. Naive is a is a very sophisticated or polite way of saying that. They're just stupid. Now, I'm not calling you stupid. I'll use the word naive. It sounds better. You know, naive is when you are, um, when you are innocent, you are innocently ignorant. That's the word naive. When you are innocently ignorant. Well, whether you are innocently ignorant or not, you're still ignorant. 
about something and you're being taken advantage of and you didn't know. You know, iPhone and Samsung, of which probably almost everybody wants an iPhone or a Samsung phone. Those are the, the go-to uh, smartphones, even though it's being used by people that are not so smart. Well, you pay for those unless you steal it. And not only do you pay for the phone, but you pay for applications that you download onto the phone. And not only do you pay for the applications that you download on the phone, but you also pay for a SIM card. And after you pay for that SIM card, you also pay for data. And that data is what you're paying for, not the phone. You pay for the phone one time. You pay for the SIM card one time. You download the app one time, but you continue to pay for data day and night. Day and night. And you don't mind because you're getting direct benefit from that data. And some of us, we pay 30, 40, 50 US dollars a month just for data to stay connected. And you don't ask Samsung, Microsoft, Apple, you don't ask them to certify anything. When they tell you that your data has to be um, upgraded, backed up, they give you the notices, you know, that you have to back up, update, you just do it. You, you simply do what they ask you to do because you want the benefit of that up-to-date current application. And you want the benefit of that data. It is ironic that for 25 years, I can't remember, in 25 years, perhaps maybe 50 people around the world called me or contacted me and asked me, uh, Sheikh, uh, is there a way that I can get your legal copies of your lectures? Maybe 50 people. out of hundreds of thousands of people. I don't say that I'm ungrateful. I am very grateful. It has nothing to do with it. You know, if I'm walking down a road and uh, uh, there's some, um, uh, I'm walking down a road between some orchards, you know, apples and oranges and grapes, I'm walking down that road. And, you know, there are, you know, some grapes or some fruit that's kind of like hanging over the road. Well, according to the, uh, the Islamic law, you know, I can take a grape or an apple or a peach or a pear or some fruit, you know, that's hanging over the road. You know, yeah, I can take one and eat it and without incurring any liability. I didn't do anything wrong because it's hanging over the road. But I cannot take enough to fill my basket. I cannot. Because then I am going beyond uh, what is just hanging over the road. I cannot go inside the orchard, you know, and sit under a tree and sleep and also take a few baskets of fruit with me. No, because I'm in violation, essentially. I am pilfering or I am stealing. Well, let's use that same analogy. You know, if, if you were watching YouTube and my video just came on, that's like the road. You have the right to listen to it. And if you just downloaded it because it came on YouTube and okay, you know, we, you didn't really do anything wrong. You were just downloaded something from YouTube. But for those people who 
took my physical DVDs, organized them, copied them, uploaded them, I mean downloaded them in a very organized, industrial, um, uh, commercial way. And then after that, you uploaded them to a website that some of you even called Khalid Yassin videos. SubhanAllah. <laughs> Can you believe that? Some people uploaded the videos to a website that belonged to them and used my name. And when I asked them to stop doing that, they called me names. They called me like a dunya sheikh. Why are you bothering us? This is, this is free knowledge. This is religious knowledge. And we are giving this knowledge for the barakah of the people, or we are downloading it for the barakah. Why are you bothering us? And why are you talking to us about these are your videos? You know, are you, you, you are dunya sheikh. That's what they call me. They insulted me because I warned them about a very widely known uh, legal system called international copyrights. They ignored it. They said copyrights don't exist in Islam, which is a, a lie. In Islam, there's something which is called hukukul fikriya wa masna'iya. There's something in Islam called that. And those who wish to review that can do so. Having said that, they went even further. They sold them to stores, shops. You know, usually DVDs will cost you maybe $10. They made pirated copies, bad, bad graphics, bad sound, bad packaging, just crazy stuff that they did. They just want to hear the voice. They don't care about the picture. They don't care about the quality. They don't care about the packaging, nothing. They just made them for like a dollar. And then they sold them to shops for three dollars. And those shops sold them for $5. Inferior copies. Distorted graphics. Bad, poor, inferior sound. And very poor packaging. They just wanted to hear the lecture. And people bought them knowing that they were pirated. No one cared. No one asked for any certification. Nobody asked for any verification. Nobody asked anyone, is this the original? No one asked, did Sheikh Khalid Yassin or his family or his company give you permission? No one asked and no one cared. And now today, people are telling me, Sheikh, how do we know that this Facebook page of yours how do we know if it's really you? How do we know if this is the fake Khalid Yassin or is this the real Khalid Yassin? You know, Sheikh, we suggest that you certify your page with Facebook. This is all the things that they said to me. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Well, brothers and sisters, I don't need to certify my page with anyone. I registered on Facebook as everyone else does. I've been using Facebook since Facebook has come out. And I never certified anything. And I will not. Because I'm not here to be popular. I'm not here trying to make money. I didn't ask Facebook for permission to use Facebook. I simply registered on Facebook like everyone else does and I follow the rules of Facebook and I use the technology to the best of my ability. But I don't have to certify it for anyone. 
to remove ambiguity, as one person said, uh, to relieve people's doubts, as somebody else says, you know, to do what other popular speakers have done, as someone else says. I don't have to do any of those things, and I will not. You know, there's a, there's a saying that the, um, the sheep, they know the voice of the shepherd. Now, I'm not referring to people who listen to me or people that um, support me or people who encourage me or people who visit my site. I'm not referring to them as sheep. I'm using an analogy. Now, people know whether or not that they are reading something that I wrote. There's a difference between reading Walt Disney and Ernest Hemingway. And anybody who understands literature understands the difference between a novel, history, nonfiction, or fiction. They know the difference. People who know art they know the difference between the original and, the, uh, and, and uh, something that's been a replica. They know the difference. And for the people who have been listening to me or responding to me or benefiting from me or interacting with me uh, over the years, they know. They know my style. They know my voice. They can recognize the brand. And those are my people, just like my family. Those are my people. They listen. They advise me. They encourage me. Sometimes they critique me, and I listen, and I respond, and I am grateful. As for the others who are coming on to Facebook because, you know, you know they can get a chance to make a comment on a popular page or they get a chance to exhibit their neo-spiritualism, or they get a chance to critique me in front of others, or they get a chance to become popular, or to say something that they couldn't say because they don't have a page. It's just opportunism. It's people taking advantage of something because it happens to be there. Now, I don't say everyone does that, but a great deal of people use Facebook for that. You know, if I don't have a brand, if I don't have a voice, if I don't have a platform, if I don't have a Facebook page, you know, that people will come to, well, let me go to a page where people are coming to, and without raising my hand and getting permission, let me just make a comment. And if the person checks you and says to you, what you're talking about is not relevant. That's called checking. It's like if I'm the professor, I'm the teacher in a classroom, and someone is passing some notes or people are doing something they shouldn't be doing in my class and I check them. Well, if it was my class and you had something impertinent to say, then you'd be put out of the class and you would just lose the credit to that particular class and so therefore, that's the power that a teacher or a professor would have over his or her classroom. But when we're using Facebook, no one has any power or any control because there are no regulations. Anyone, and I really literally mean anyone, a devil or the devil's advocate can come to your page and say anything they want to say. They can insult you. They can insult your mother. They can insult your religion. They can say anything because Facebook is completely deregulated except when Facebook feels that someone has violated Facebook interests. Having said that, uh, from about the year 2003 until about no, from about the year 2005 until about the year 2012, a group of um, unethical um, pirate 
Muslims in the UK, they created a Facebook page called Sheikh Khalid Yassin, spelled S-H-I-E-K-H. S-H-I-E-K-H, Khalid Yassin. Now, everyone who knows me, I've never spelled my title, S-H-A-Y-K-H. I never spelled it S-H-I-E-K-H. And it's not a title that I gave myself. It's a title that uh, was started to be used regarding. The title Sheikh was not something I selected. It was given to me. And I adopted it because it just meant it was a title of respect. That's all. Or age. Nothing more. It had nothing to do with my level of religiosity. But I never spelled it S-H-I. E-K-H, these pirate, unethical, ambitious, opportunistic Muslims in Britain, they did that and they created a page and they used that page to promote their own ideologies, their own personalities, to raise money, to make provocative political statements, prefacing the, that with Sheikh Khalid says. Now every time they said Sheikh Khalid says, they were lying. They were misrepresenting. They were using the popular terminology, Sheikh Khalid Yassin, my brand, to give people the impression that I said whatever the statement came afterwards. And it was a lie. It was a misrepresentation. It was a slick way of their being able to promote their own products and their own services and their own ideas and their own personalities and to raise money for their own causes and they used my name and they did it for seven years. And ironically, they built up a following of over 600,000 people. A following of over 600,000 people. We never blasted them. We tolerated them. Many of my advisors told me, Sheikh, don't uh, take them to court. Sheikh, don't bother them. You know, they're not doing something, they're not doing something blatantly un-Islamic. You know, they're promoting uh, good words and uh, good, they're trying to do khair and they're doing da'wah. And uh, Sheikh, don't take them to court. Don't, don't, Engage them in litigation because you will litigate uh, or you will obstruct or you will stain the dawah. This is some of the advice I got. So I took that advice. I just left them. A after all, they were young people who were inspired and uh, they were a bit unethical and ambitious and all of that. But we just let them go. And when finally we started to see that uh, that really they were using my name for their own personal and organizational interests. And in many cases, they were propagating something that really I did not support at all. Using my name, Sheikh Khalid Yassin says. However, in, in, the, in the banner of their Facebook page, they said, this is not an official page of Sheikh Khalid Yassin. Never uh, never was, never will be, something like that. Uh, that's called like, uh, um, uh, forget what they call that, that's called a, um, uh, that's when you announce, you know, you're going to do something, uh, you're going to do something that's illegal or something that is unethical or something that is tricky or something that is slick. You're going to misrepresent whatever it is but you come up with a terminology before you do it to say, well, this is not an official page. Well, who cared that it wasn't an official page? People were following that page because it said, Sheikh Khalid Yassin said. Every statement on that page before they made it, they preface it with Sheikh Khalid Yassin says. And all of you people who are telling me that I should certify I should verify 
for those seven years, did you certify? Did you ask them to certify? Did you question their authenticity? Did you ask, is this a is this a, is this Shet Yassin's page? I think this is a fake page. Did you hold them to account? No, you didn't. Most of those 600,000 people, they didn't even know me. They took it at face value. My name was there. My name was being used. In many cases, um, it was connected to uh, websites with links that were also pirating my lectures. And so this whole pool you know, of pirating, of black marketing, of misrepresentation, most of it came out of Britain. And a great deal of it came out of Africa. And some out of United States of America. Uh, and most of it originated in Australia. Now we won't get into names and organizations and all of that because that's not what I'm trying to do. Just trying to set the record straight. Now, during all of this time period, there were, there were times that I was uh, um, irritated, aggravated, um, almost angry, peeved, you know, provoked to try to do something to stop it. Um, advised by many people what we could do to stop it. Uh, even I received uh, advice from legal institutions of what we could do to arrest it. I didn't. Alhamdulillah. And I'm grateful that I didn't. I'm really grateful of the, that I avoided the complications uh, that litigation would have brought. It's better that I just let it go and take the benefits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to me because in many cases um, it did bring about some benefit uh, to other people who were beneficiaries of that information uh, while at the end it will not bring much benefit to those who, um, who were engaged in the illicit trafficking. And brothers and sisters, you know, in Islam... Uh, you, you can't steal a book just because it has good information. You can't do that. There are international laws and there is Islamic law uh, to prevent that. But somehow Muslims think that they are exempt from that. They think that if it's something that says something that has the name of Allah in it or the ayah of Quran in it, or something from the Prophet ﷺ in it, or some hadith or some source of the sunnah uh, in it, that it's free. Well, the efforts made to produce that, to collect that, is not free. It was collected with blood, sweat, and tears, energy, and time. That someone sacrificed their family their time and their energy to produce that. And you just took it. Pilfered it, that's the word. Well, having said all of that, brothers and sisters, I, I'm, I hope that all of you are convinced now that this is my live stream and that I'm live streaming from my official Facebook page, uh, Khalid Yassin Official. So you should have no more doubts about that. We shouldn't have to have this, this, this discussion anymore. Now you, can, you can, now you can discuss the way I'm talking. See, that's the next, that's the next thing we're going to do. Oh, the Sheikh, he seems arrogant. That's what they're going to say. Oh, you know, Sheikh, your tone is not good. You know, scholars don't talk that way. Uh, it seems to me that you're being rude. You know, you're talking in a very um, stern you know, Sheikh, why don't you smile? Sheikh, why don't you talk gently? Why don't you talk nice? You know, قال الله سبحانه وتعالى قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم They're going to give me different ayats and different ahadiths 
you know, to modify my behavior and my attitude. And when somebody curses me or insults me or even threatens me, I should smile. I should tell them thank you. I should let it ride. Well, this man from Brooklyn, this man from New York, this African-American, I don't think I'm going to ever be that pious. Now, since we're on Facebook and I can't reach out and touch you, since we're on Facebook and I can't really respond to you because, you know, sometimes the roaches are, are, are behind the wall. You can't do anything about it. The rats, the rodents, they are behind the wall scratching and you can't do anything about it. You can't reach them. And I tried to be dignified and tried to be corporate and professional and try to keep the smile on and be therapeutic, all of that. I try to do that. But there are times when the Brooklyn in me, the New York in me, the African-American in me, <coughs> that person that I am inside, like Umar radiallahu like Khalid ibn Walid, you know, like Ubaidullah ibn Jarrah, radiallahu anhum, like Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhum, like many of the companions of the Prophet وسلم, as they were inside. When we read the seerah, we find out that there were times when what was inside, it came outside. Sometimes in a very controlled fashion and sometimes not so controlled. Because they were real people and I'm a real person. I'm not a fake. And I'm not trying to put on airs of uh, piety. You know, if we're in a room together and you slap me, you're going to get slapped. Maybe you're going to get knocked down. Maybe you, you know, maybe something else may happen. I don't know. But guess what? I don't know what kind of false piety you're looking for, but that's not me. Get it from somebody else. You got a lot of pious looking, talking, uh, presenting people and you don't know them in their real life. And they're very good at putting on these kinds of heirs or dispositions for the religious popularity and favors. Well, as one of my nephews, a Muslim, said to me, Uncle Khalid, I love being a Muslim. I love Islam. But one of the things that I just can't do, I can't take no shorts. Well, in the Ebonics, of the Brooklyn language, taking those shorts means I can't take no insults. No, I can't take no direct insults or nobody ripping me off or taking advantage of me or exploiting me or insulting my mother or my family or anything like that. I can't handle that part. That's what he said. Well, he's a genuine family member and a genuine Muslim and a good father. And all I could do is tell him in time, inshallah, Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will give you more and more control. Well, I say the same thing to myself over and over. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give me more and more control. But there are times when the, uh, the coffee that you, the, the coffee that you, the coffee cup that you overfill, sometimes it spills over into your lap. It spills over into your lap. And so having said that, brothers and sisters, I, I want to thank all of you for being my supporters and uh, for uh, in being my enthusiasts, um, students, uh, extended family members, friends, colleagues. Uh, I, I thank you because over the years, at times when I kind of hit that guardrail to the left or to the right, you were there to remind me. And in most cases, I listen to you and I appreciate it. And as for those who have doubts or those who are conjecturing or those who got issues or problems with me or 
you know, those, who, those who's got an issue with me, you know, you got to, you got to itch. Well, like I said in another, send your address, you know, I can be your huckleberry. If you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. Send that address, you know. We can arrange that, you know, that we can modify that itch, that issue, that problem that you have with Sheikh Khalid Yassin. If it's a, if it's a legitimate one, send the address so that we can, we can address it. We can, we, can, we can talk about it face up. We don't have to hide behind screens because I'm not that pious and I'm not trying to pretend to be so. You listen to me? Good. If you don't, it doesn't matter. You like what I say? Alhamdulillah. You don't like what I say? Throw it in the trash, where, wherever you want to throw it. Anything that doesn't have value to you when you're finished with it, throw it away. Do the same thing with whatever I have to say. No problem. But don't ever think to yourself, from wherever you are and whoever you are and wherever you came from, don't think that the religion of Islam or that the knowledge of Islam or that the prayers or the worship, don't think that it changed me that much that you can just blatantly be disrespectful. No. On Facebook, I can just delete you. I can just block you, and that's what I'll do. But maybe before I do that, I probably will probably just serve you. And when I serve you, some people are going to say, oh, Sheikh, why you said that? Stop for the law. You shouldn't say that. Well, I tell them, mind your business. This is my page. This is my room. This is my platform. And whoever comes into my room and my space and my platform and my classroom, I have the right to put them in check. And I don't have to get your advice about it. Now, you like my attitude? Good. You don't like it? Then step off. Get your own page. And if you don't appreciate my demeanor, guess what? You don't need to be in this room, in this space, on this page, on this platform. Simple as that. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless all of us, to protect us. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect my family. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove the stains um, from my behavior, the wrinkles from my character. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove the stains uh, of anything I've done in the past. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me my sins and my shortcomings. I ask Allah to make me a better Muslim. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make me a better father, a better brother, a better friend, a better husband. I ask Allah to make me a better person. I ask Allah all those things and I ask every day in sincerity. And I leave it up to the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to answer for surely he answers all prayers. I ask Allah to protect all of you, to increase you in iman and to increase you in risk and patience and, and to make us more consistent and to give us resilience to deal with the um, to deal with the issues that we are confronted with on a daily basis. And I want to remind the brothers and sisters that my common theme is Islam in the 21st century. I'm not talking about a lot of tafsir and aqidah and um, Islamic epistemology and fiqh and uh, mustalahat. And I'm not talking about that. I understand that. But there are others who are certified, qualified, academically. Um, uh, they got the degrees to talk about those things and let them talk. May Allah bless them. That's their job. But I talk about Islam in the 21st century and all the various issues that some of the scholars cannot talk about. May Allah bless them because they cannot. I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for making me a Muslim from the United States of America where I have the constitutional privileges that carry their own responsibility, that I have the constitutional privileges to speak about matters that many scholars would like to speak about, but they cannot, and others just will not. 
but these issues, they must be spoken about. And that's what I do. So thank you very much. I hope this is enough. I've been speaking now for probably about an hour. And I hope that it's enough for those uh, who requested of me to make a live stream to verify that this is my page. And as for those of you who, uh, you didn't need that verification. Well, this is just like gravy on the potatoes. You know, this is just butter on the biscuits. Uh, this is just sugar in your coffee. Okay, this is Sheikh Khalid Yassin speaking to you from my Facebook Live platform. This is an episode that you can call uh, The Sheikh Keeping It Real. Maybe you can give it that title. The Sheikh Keeping It Real. We say Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik wa nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta wa nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ameen, ameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.